What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 18 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and we're talking Total Wolf GP. We are talking Total Wolf GP. You're not letting that go, hey? No. He deserves it. Toto um, deserves the world. After the weekend he had? After the weekend his team had? Okay, I'm going to preface this, actually, by saying that... Um, so where we are from, we're from Canada, it's a long weekend, which means that, you know, there's lots of festivities. It's like a, a whole long weekend thing. Where are you going with this? Well, if you let me finish my sentence, <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> lots of people go out of town to the lakes. I, in fact, was at the lake, sleeping in a house with like eight other people, um, meaning that when I woke up this morning to watch the race, there was others sleeping and I could not put sound on for the entire race. Which was horrible because I think the highlight of the race, there's two for me was one when Toto went on the radio and said, Lewis, we know the car is bad. Please keep driving. And these are these are news to me. Like, I'm, I literally, like, heard of this from your text, and I was like, so wow. Funny. And then okay. the other highlight was Max basically saying, I want to pit for fastest lap. And they're like, no. And he's like, yes. And they're like, okay, fine, box. And that's just to... But it's just over the radio. And that was just, like, the funniest moments from the race. I'm really sad that you missed it. Yeah, I, I was, know. I was, like, pissing my pants laughing at Toto. I was paying attention to the race itself because I couldn't not pay attention and, like, just hear it when I walked away. Like, I really needed to just watch the screen. So, I, um, yeah, that's uh, totally on you. But there was also, so, why I was talking about, like, our long weekend and, like, festivities and, and why I had to mention that was because there were so many things going on, like, with it being a sprint re- race weekend... That, like, there are some things that we might have missed just because, like, Emma was at a, an event yesterday and, like I said, I was yeah. out of town. So there are some things that, like, between practice one and the race, like, there was a lot of content, a lot of things we yeah. might have missed. So apologies for that off the hop here. Um, we also, again, recording right after the race. Mm-hmm. And sometimes stuff comes out the day after the race and we just unfortunately can't get to it. But I did have it in our notes just, like, further down about the sprint and, like, it's kind of stupid for fans because a lot of times, like, it's race on Sundays is what it is. Fans will dedicate their Sunday to watch the race, to watch the Grand Prix, and they know it. And, like, adding on the sprint and not just, like, the race, but, like, a quali and then the actual race itself. Yes, it's not as long as a race, but it's so... It's just, like, inconvenient for fans, if that makes sense. Because, I'm, like, I was like, I can't watch this. Like, I can watch Sunday. And, like, even last time, the last sprint weekend, I was like, I don't have time to just like sit and watch this on a Saturday. Like I get it from like a marketing aspect and like wanting to make money and like for the fans that are actually there live watching it, they mm-hmm. want, you know, they want to give them something to watch. But for fans at home, it's not realistic to dedicate your entire weekend to watching everything Formula One. I mean, I think that's where F1 TV comes in. Like you can rewatch and yeah. watch whenever you want, which is basically what I did because mm-hmm. I was working Friday and Saturday during sprint and yeah, you didn't even know that qualifying. Yeah, like Friday. there's just so much going on yeah. that like I, I had to you just can't watch them live. Yeah. So like I don't fully agree with like it not being convenient because like it is if you can watch it later. Yeah. Um and F1 fans like will make time for it because no, they that's will a fair point. eat up every little bit of content that F1 gives us. But um it was a lot. There was mm-hmm. so 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 much going on. And um I was actually going to come in here and say that I'm enjoying sprint weekends. Are you? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like lack of practice, which I don't watch anyways, but I thought that the way that there, maybe it's not the sprint weekend itself that I enjoy, but maybe it's the revamping of the sprint itself. So I really liked how there's quality for the race and then there's quality for the sprint because I just don't find that during last year's sprint weekends that it, I thought it was like even more boring that makes sense like max started 
on a sprint weekend last year from 20th and made his way up to number one. But if he would have started from 20th on a race, that would have been more interesting. Like he had that opportunity to get to the top before the race. So I'm finding that having their own qualities is actually better for the viewer or at least from my viewing. Um, and you know, that's not everyone's opinion, but I'm, I'm just liking it a little bit better. And especially on <laughs> a weekend like this where the weather is so unpredictable. Yeah. That's also fair. I think what I liked about last year's sprint sessions was that there was more at stake. And so like, yes, the drivers now they're fighting for like one to eight points, right. but last year they were doing that, but also fighting for the spot for the grid. Yeah. That know? makes sense. So yeah. like, I felt like there was more at stake. I mean, granted this week's sprint race was exciting Mm -hmm. a lot of people were saying you said it was like the best race that they've seen i didn't think it was like absolutely everything but i did think it was still good i thought it was better than the last sprint that we had yeah sure yes there's four more sprints hey four more there's six we've only had two haven't we is we've only had two yeah Yeah. and there's there's six six total yeah Mm -hmm. okay which is like a lot um i also did not say that it was the best or it was better than any of the races this year but i did see lots of people online saying that um this was the, this sprint race was better than any, like, GP race that we've had this year so far, which I was like, hot take, but okay. Hot take. So then when I finally watched it, because I saw that before, when I wa- then I was like, mm, maybe my expectations were set a little high, or yeah. maybe this just, like, I don't know, for me, wasn't that. It was, like, it was still exciting. Yeah, it was But good. when I, when I watched it, because I started watching it live, but then I had to stop because I, cannot, I just couldn't dedicate the whole hour to it, but I had it on and then I was like okay I feel like I know how this is going to end and I was probably at like lap 15 16 and of course that's right when everything mm, twisted yeah, yeah. and so when I looked later like later in the day because I was like I'll just look at the results yeah I was like this is not how I expected it would end so like major props to George Russell and whoever made that call to bring him in for slicks because the track was drying up because that just put literally everything on its head and yeah no it was a good call because we saw him go from p11 completely out of the points down to P20 when he put the slicks on. And then, because he was on intermediates, he put the slicks on and then managed to make his way up into the points. Because mm-hmm. for those who are unfamiliar with sprint weekends, and we know that we do still have, like, lots of beginner Formula One fans, we're acknowledging you right now and just saying that, like, this is different for you to watch. Mm-hmm. So usually the point of the sprint is just for it to be, like, just an all-out sprint quite literally where you don't have to take a break and pit like in a Mm -hmm. normal race like it's just supposed to be like one lap pace the entire time an all-out push you don't have to worry about tire degradation you don't have to worry about track evolution as much um so that's kind of the whole reason which is why when george pit it was really like i was like what is going on what george is pitting during a sprint okay worked out but it worked out. It worked out for him. It worked out for a few other people. Mm -hmm. I found when I was watching it back that there was such a short window to actually execute the pit stop properly because he pit and then a few drivers behind him pit and then they were able to work their way up and like, you know, warm up their tires and actually make good pace. Whereas some drivers who waited to pit, i.e. Charles Leclerc, I think he pit too late to Mm -hmm. put on the slicks and it definitely screwed him over because he wasn't anywhere like I think he was fighting for like 12th or 13th by Mm -hmm. the end of it Mm -hmm. and yeah it was so it was it was a good call for George and then those who pit immediately after George but there was such a small window that if you didn't take advantage of it right away you were screwed so George was a trendsetter yeah and uh in terms of sprint I want to say massive props to Haas once again oh yeah um Nico Hulkenberg (laughs) up in second for the majority of the sprint was kind of crazy Mm -hmm. and 
We've talked about their one lap pace. Um, obviously, their race did not go as well as it actually has been for them this year because Haas is having a better year. But yeah, just acknowledging that uh, Nico Hulkenberg was right up there with Mr. Max Verstappen and Sergio was actually kind of struggling to catch the Haas. So yeah. strange. Yeah. Very strange. Strange. That's why, it's from, I, that's why I think I'm starting to enjoy sprint weekends because you really just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And also Max won. But is that shocking? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Max won our sprint. Um... Checo came in second. Mm, yeah. Did he? Mm-hmm. And then Carlos third. So we talked about the sprint, but actually just going back one sec to the sprint shootout, which sets the grid for the sprint race. I just want to mention Carlos. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the engineers could not get his car ready to go out for shootout one. Well, they had it ready and then he went back in because right. there was like a brake failure. Okay. A brake failure? Okay. Last so week. I wasn't sure what the issue was. So yeah, they had a brake failure. They weren't able to get him out there. Um... And I think it's a 12-minute session for shootouts instead of the normal qualifying sessions. But um, so like with one minute left, Carlos had still not set a time. He hadn't even left his garage. So they sent him out. Um, It was also really treacherous conditions, like raining. So um, he went and he went P1, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. He he set one lap, a hot lap, and went P1. And that was it? Yeah. Way to go. So congrats. I'm... uh, Obviously, big Carlos Gal over here. Um, loved to see it. Yeah. Um, overall, I think he had a decent weekend. So He had a dis- decent weekend. Yeah. He was definitely complaining about it, but we'll get into that when we talk more about the race. I just want to keep talking about the shootout yeah. and the sprint for a bit. Because yeah. the quality times that we see for regular are like, what, 18, 15, and then 12-minute mm-hmm. intervals, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like the sprint shootout qualifying sessions are 12 minutes, 10 minutes, and 8 minutes, which mm-hmm. is no time. Because you need to remember that these drivers have to leave the pit. They need to do like a push lap mm-hmm. to get the their tires warmed up or whatever Mm -hmm. and then then they go but of course like they can't just give it all that they have right away and so there's a huge bunch up right before they go to do Mm -hmm. their hot lap or there's a huge bunch up at the pit lane exit and we saw that Mm -hmm. in sq3 all these drivers like could not set a proper time or could not get the like the right speed going in to set their first or going in to set their lap Mm -hmm. because they were all just bunched up because they just had limited time and yes i like i know the whole idea of a sprint is it's limited time but i'm like is eight minutes not enough? Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like that's so, so short. And yes, it is entertaining, but I'm like, these drivers are actually really annoyed about it. Not to jump ahead, but I just want to add something in here while we're chatting. Um, because being a sprint race weekend, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday that we were watching them like go full out on the track um, and set fastest laps at all stages. Mm-hmm. So I just want to note that the weather in, in Austria this weekend was so crazy that the fastest lap that was set in qualifying was max and he put up a 103 um the fastest lap that was set in the race was a, also set by max and it was a 107 that is four seconds difference which is huge enough one um i believe one of the fastest times in one of the sprint sessions i don't remember if it was the sprint race or one of the shootouts was like a one like 13 oh like, yeah because it was raining like that's like how how crazy mm-hmm. when we talk track evolution like we couldn't remember the the term a couple weeks <laughs> yeah. ago but when we talk track evolution that's precisely what we mean like mm-hmm. the how the track is the conditions out there specifically take time off of a driver's run so um again this is like more catered towards our newer formula one fans who have reached out and said like could you do like a better job of explaining like certain little aspects of f1 that's one of them like track degradation and evolution is one really big thing that that helps with times so one weekend it might be a 103 and one weekend it might be a one. 13 or even a matter of days or hours so mm-hmm. yeah a little tidbit for you there yeah yeah also in the shootout we saw lance stroll finish fourth and listen i had posted on her story 
saying, do we think we're going to see Lance finish ahead of Alonso on Sunday? Because mm-hmm. he'd qualified for the actual race ahead of Alonso, mm-hmm. but for the sprint shootout, qualified behind Alonso. And he didn't finish in front on Sunday, but he did finish ahead of him during the sprint, which made me really happy. You know, I voted no. <laughs> that is so mean. It's not mean. It's like my my honest opinion. Is I, I mean, didn't think I, he was going to finish. It was it. accurate. It was accurate for Sunday, but then I think he like surprised everyone with his little fourth place finish for the shootout, which is great. I love to see it. Okay, we'll just jump into the race. Kind of, because this is track talk and we're always all over the place. We are. Okay, huge disclaimer here. I am inserting this little audio clip after we finished recording because almost immediately after we finished recording the podcast for this week, it was announced that additional penalties were awarded. Awarded is not the right word. Additional penalties were given now, essentially. So everything that we talked about in this episode is based off the the fine, like the grid standings after the race actually ended. So we talk about Carlos finishing fourth and we talk about Lewis finishing in seventh. And that just wasn't the case because Carlos got another penalty. Uh, Lewis got another penalty. Honestly, a lot of drivers got other penalties. Carlos has actually been bumped down to sixth place instead of finishing fourth. He now finishes sixth behind Lando and Alonso. So Lando got that fourth place after all. Ellen four, number four, love that for him. Obviously hate the penalties for these drivers. And we also saw additional penalties to Esteban Ocon, probably like the biggest casualty of new evidence moving forward because he got four separate penalties that combined to like a 30 second total penalty for him. So the standings actually is still Max, Charles, Checo in first, second, third, but now we see Norris, Alonso, Sainz, Russell, Hamilton, Stroll, and Gasly. We we do say that we record stuff and then sometimes we miss things and we apologize, but it appears we clearly did not wait long enough before recording this episode and you know, that doesn't change how um, the drivers performed. It just, it's unfortunate that it took this long for the stewards to announce all these penalties and yeah, so that that's it. That's all I'm going to throw out there. So if you hear us talk about Carlos finishing fourth and Hamilton finishing seventh, clearly we recorded this before these penalties were announced. That's it. That's all. Okay. Enjoy the episode. We'll talk race quality, actually. So right away, we saw such an improvement with Lando's McLaren. So I knew that they yeah. had brought upgrades just to his car. Just to his car. Not yeah. to Oscar's car, but yeah. just to Lando's car. Oh my God, did they pay off? Mm-hmm. Like, instantly during like the first practice mm-hmm. session and like first qualifying session you could see that already like huge changes were made mm-hmm. and it and it worked like lando had a pretty decent weekend i don't know a great he was, weekend he ended up being voted driver of the day too so i mean i totally mm-hmm. believe that it was lando's weekend oh yeah i can't believe we haven't even talked about this yet the track limits yeah whoa how have um, we not jumped into this i don't know so well we saw it in quali first yeah like, all of the tra- 47 lap times were deleted and they were going back i believe the broadcast was saying they were going back five minutes to yes. delete track times and you know what no no no. i found that counterintuitive because like but if they didn't set like the fastest lap or whatever yeah. like why are we just deleting them but i get it i get it it was like there were some people who would have made it into Q3, Lewis Hamilton being one of them, had he not had track time, Checo, track limit. Checo being track another time one. Deleted. Yeah. This was Checo's fourth race in a row where he did not make it into Q3, but I don't think this was his fault. I mean, it was his fault because it was track limits, but he did have, I think, better pace this weekend for sure. It was just like track limits that kind of screwed a lot of people over. So for our newer fans, I don't even know if we really talked about track limits all this much before, or all that much before. So the newer to the newer F1 fans, track limits are like defined by just a white line. It's like a curb, a border, just around the track. And if all four wheels 
are past that limit, then during qualifying, the lap time gets deleted. During a race, you get warnings and then eventually a penalty. So during qualifying, we saw it happen 47 times. I saw over the course of the weekend, hang on, I don't want to get the stat wrong, 1,200 instances of potential track limits like breached or potential yeah, potential well, and track how many, breaches. How many drivers actually got penalties today in the race? I think it was at least five. Oh, I, Lewis, Yuki twice, Pierre, Carlos. I don't think Checo got it. Um, no, Checo didn't because if he did, he would have lost his yeah, podium. And I think there was at least five. I know Yuki got it twice. Yuki deserves driver of the day for just <laughs> still driving, honestly. Like I, feel, like, I just felt so bad that he had the 10-second penalty. He couldn't do anything about it talking about time penalties as well we're gonna go back here really quick esteban again a menace in the i today. knew that you were gonna bring this up about esteban of course i did as soon as it said unsafe release well did you not see it i saw it but they said it was pierre and that they were investigating oh, okay. pierre and i was like just because they're french and they're on the same team like there's clearly two different numbers mm-hmm. on the car mm-hmm. i was kind of annoyed at that but yeah uh not the safest release that's for damn sure yeah, I don't really think there's much else for me to say. Um, I've said it before. I don't really have an, any issues with Espan Ocon. No. But uh, he is a menace in the pits. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, he proved, I think he might have been the only one with a, like a penalty was, today. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and all other time penalties um, include, yeah, so Yuki got two. Um, so 10 second for track limits. Um, Sergeant and Magnuson also received for track limits. Uh-huh. And I also didn't realize this till just doing some like post-race research, but Nick got um, a five second for forcing another driver off track. K-Mags. K-Mags, yeah. Yep. Um, but I didn't I didn't ever see the thing come across the top of my screen saying that he got that penalty. So mm. this is why it was news to me, but fair. A lot of penalties, a lot of penalties today. Yeah. And a lot of the drivers were complaining about the track limit penalties and and I, I get it. Okay, wait. I, well, I definitely think they look at this track next year and they think we have to widen this. It was uh, specifically uh, turn nine and turn 10 and the exit at turn 10 that were really getting drivers. And I do think that they'll look at this and make adjustments for next year because every single driver had something to say about it. Yeah. And how can you really push all out if you are so worried about two specific areas of the track? It's not like they were going off Everywhere else on the track, it's two specific areas, meaning it's a track issue, not a driver issue. And they've made changes in other tracks like this before where they have those issues. Mm -hmm. And I know they can't really do anything during the span of a weekend, but if they had seen that these issues occurred during qualifying practice sessions, they could have been a little bit more lenient, I think, because they were like, okay, this is obviously going to be an ongoing issue. And it's like fast corners. And I tried to explain this to my friend who doesn't watch Formula One, but they were like, how come they can't just slow down? It's like, well, yeah, you can, but then you lose all of your momentum going in because it's the final straight, like the start, finish straight. And the whole idea is you, you, they shouldn't have to slow down. No, they shouldn't It's it's a fast corner for a reason. Mm. They they should be able to go fast and not have to worry. And it's, it's such like, it's a, it's a win-lose battle because I get it, track limits, but also at the same time, the track should probably be changed. Just like in that one area. I understand why they didn't change it this weekend because once you set a precedent in one area Mm -hmm. of the the weekend, you have to make that consistent throughout the entire um, weekend. And consistency is something that we have criticized the FIA for before. So at least they were consistent this weekend, straight up. They were. Um, They were. That's that's something I have positive to say about the FIA. But no, I think next year they'll definitely look at it. Mm -hmm. I think that... Think about tracks like Jeddah. Like, would you rather that or this? Because... Jeddah is one of the newer tracks and it's a city circuit. Mm-hmm. And 
instead of like track limits with a white line, it is literally just barriers all around the track. So if you fuck up on a track like Jetta, you're in the wall and your race and possibly whoever's behind you's race is totally ruined. Whereas track limits, it's a track time deleted. So mm-hmm. I'm also kind of like, what's this the lesser safer? of two yeah. evils? Because this is technically safer. I mean, I think there's a compromise and FIA slash um, the Red Bull Ring can meet Formula One halfway. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I actually really enjoyed this track. I like it. Yeah. It's it's a short track, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot that happens. Yeah. And it's fast and like it's it was an exciting race and some people were complaining that it wasn't and that it was boring. oh i thought it was a, a great race i thought it was such a good race apart like, from thought, me not being able to hear anything it was great <laughs> there was a part there, I, I, you didn't hear it obviously but maybe you saw the radio message that came up and it was lando's engineer telling him he was like i know you're gonna hate me but be careful of track limits and just the way he like said like i know you're gonna hate me i'm like i'm pretty sure i start all of my texts off to my friends saying i know you're gonna hate me yeah. but like it was just well i mean the drivers were sick of hearing it near the yeah. end like you could tell and even yeah. max was told um or no sorry it was checo near the mm-hmm. end of the race he was told like checo you yeah. have to because checo was toying that line yeah. and he actually got a black and yellow or black and white flag mm-hmm. right near the end of his race and if he got a five second time penalty he would have lost his podium because carlos was within those five seconds of Checo at the time. So he got a radio message, like a stern one near the end being like, you need to not push so hard in in, um, turn nine nine and 10, Mm -hmm. because this could honestly ruin our entire race here. So um, yes, they were sick of hearing it, but like when you're also like not listening or like not, um, it's not as fresh in your mind, you need to keep hearing it. (laughs) It was definitely fresh in Lando's mind though, because he was keeping track for Lewis. Yeah. He's like full-time driver, part-time steward. And I realized that yes, Lewis was the first to get a penalty, but again, they don't play every single radio message like over the broadcast. But what I did notice was that the FIA was the first or the first driver that they personally called out as opposed to a driver calling another driver out was Carlos. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. And I was like, are they just like watching the Ferraris so closely that mm, maybe. like they're, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of suspicious and I don't want to like look too much into it or like speculate. Well, was this when Lewis was fighting with Carlos? Because I know after Lewis got his time penalty, he no, was, was also specifically watching whoever he was racing with because I remember I did see a radio message come up on screen and he was like, they got to look at, I totally forget who he was racing with at the time, but they're like, he was like, they got to look at this guy for track limits. It was like, you know, when you get in trouble, but you're like, okay, but he did it first. Or like, Mm -hmm. he's also doing the same thing that I did. Like, that's exactly the energy that Lewis kind of had with that. And like, totally, that's fine. I understand if you're going to want them to be consistent, you want them to be consistent. But I did notice that Lewis was really also keeping track, similar to Lando, with Lewis. Yes. um, Of who else was doing it. Because the FIAs were so behind. In the post-race interview, I don't usually watch the post-race shows, but Alex Albon had said he was at like lap 20 by the time he was told he had exceeded track limits from like lap one or two. Oh wow 20 laps later or like 15 20 laps later and the fia or he's getting a message from the fia saying and at that point you can't like it, when you're at lap 20 and you get that message from like lap two mm-hmm. it's like yes it's going to be in your head but now you're going to be like you don't know at that point that it's from lap one right and so you have all of this like huge gap that the fia can still call you out for and so it's not do you know what i mean like yeah. the drivers couldn't really do anything if the fia was so behind yeah. and alex had gone on to say like it's because the fia like the stewards the stewards that were there that were watching they didn't have enough apparently, oh, to, like, okay. keep track of everything. Okay, and, well, like, then there's an explanation yeah. to uh, as to why it was yeah. so backed up. But it just, like, was unfortunate for the drivers. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Alex did benefit from a track limit instance in quali though, going back. Did he? Yeah, I think he got into Q3 like, oh no, that was Charles that got into Q3 like by the friggin' like skin of his teeth because I don't remember who it was, but had a track limit time deleted and yeah. I don't know. Track limits were all over the place this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Like I, 47 deleted, 47 lap times deleted in qualifying. I did tell Emma um, like, that's a on Friday, I said, if this race is boring, we can call our episode uh, lap times and nap times. But it wasn't boring. But it wasn't boring, so we're not calling it that. We'll figure out, <laughs> we'll figure out something else to call it. <laughs> something to do with track limits, probably. Oh, um, Carlos's little pettiness. Again, it was a radio message and I didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't hear yeah. it, Hannah. Okay, so Carlos was behind Charles mm-hmm. for yeah pretty much the entire race. Yeah. And Carlos looked like he had better pace. Yeah. And I'm not someone who likes Carlos at Ferrari, but I can fully admit when one driver's doing better and he definitely had better pace. Like he was keeping up, like even before like DRS was activated because the first few laps it's not. Yeah. Um, he was keeping up and he wanted to pass, like he wanted to fight and they didn't let him. And I just, I'm like, I don't, I don't think Carlos would have caught up to Max, but I think that he probably would have had a better pace. And I think he should have had more of that like off- offensive role in mm-hmm. the race. Whereas Charles, I think should have been a bit more defensive because they told him to stay and like not to attack. Yeah. And I think with this, like the message that he said was like, he said to his engineer, oh, I think you can see the pace, you know, kind of implying that his pace is better than Charles, which mm-hmm. it was at that mm-hmm. point. And when they went in for a pit stop, they did, they did a double stacking yeah. and it just screwed Carlos over at the he end. He was pissed. And he honestly, he played such a good team game, yeah. but it was just so unfortunate that it didn't pay off more for him. Yeah. It paid off great for Charles, but it definitely screwed him over and like it was really slow stops on both ends like both for charles yeah and for carlos uh, they were a four and a half or a 4.4 4 yeah. and a 4.2 and at that point like it was four something. something like that it they was were both like, bad so i want to just like quickly explain the difference between an overcut and an undercut to people mm, that yeah. might not know yeah are you doing this because of carlos versus checo, uh, checo? yes yeah so an, over, uh, an undercut is when a driver makes a pit stop before other cars to get a fresh set of tires yeah. which we saw george russell do in the sprint. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, an overcut is when a driver takes a pit stop later. We saw Checo during, because it was a safety car. Mm-hmm. That is what brought in a lot of drivers, whereas both Red Bulls stayed out. And yeah. that was a strategy that played off on for both of them. Yeah, yeah. Because we saw the mishap of the double stack already, the slow stops. Charles was, Charles was like fine. Like he could, he wasn't, the, he was the first Ferrari. Like he could still push and like kind of work his way through. Yeah. But by the time that Carlos was released, like, put back into the race. Like, there was a lot of cars coming through that, like, start, like, start, exit. What the heck is it called? The start, finish. Line. Oh, okay, by, yeah. by Or by the pit lane. Oh, my God. The pit lane exit. By the, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He lost four way. places. He lost four places by the time he was at the pit lane exit. Yeah, yeah. And he had newer tires, which, yeah, it's great. But when everyone else behind you also has newer tires. Yeah. You're all on the same level. Like, I thought that field. was the end of Carlos's race there. I'm going to be I, completely yeah, honest with I you. I thought so, too. But he... You took that and used it as like, fuck you, I'm getting back at this. Yes. And he immediately took over Lando, and he immediately took over Lewis, and then he was fighting uh, Checo. He well, he was fighting Checo because, and but like Checo did have, he didn't go in for the pit. So by the time he actually did go in for the pit, mm-hmm. I think eleven laps later, eleven or twelve laps later, he had the fresher tires, and so it was really impressive to see what Carlos could do. Yeah. No, they're not old tires, but like older tires. Mm-hmm. And we know that newer tires are always just going to be better. So the fact that he was able to defend for so long and like we saw that they were side by side for like- They a- were having a great battle. It was probably my favorite 
like wheel to wheel battle yes. of the year. And it was and it was it was good, but also watching at home, you kind of knew that Carlos did not have a fighting chance yeah. at the end of it. He was playing very defensive, yeah. which played off for him yeah. or paid off for him for a little while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he wasn't going to win that battle just simply because of his tires. Yeah. So the overcut strategy for Checo worked. And I mean, honestly, at this point for, for Max, any strategy for him works because he just creates so far of a gap. It doesn't that, even like, matter. Yeah. It's fine. My predictions was I thought both Mercedes were going to be on the podium. That was wrong. But we saw an Aston Martin and a McLaren ahead of both Mercedes. And like, mm-hmm. those are customer cars. Mm-hmm. So a customer car is, our customer team, I guess, is a team that purchased an engine from a different from team. another team. So Mercedes, for example, they yeah. use their own engine, whereas Aston Martin and McLaren use Mercedes engines. Yeah. And so they were ahead of both Mercedes. Yeah. You know what? Not a good weekend for Mercedes. Yeah. And I just was getting deja vu kind of looking at the grid today. And being like, oh, it's Red Bull and Ferrari fighting for the top four spots. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, this is what I live for. Um, Like, because Ferrari is my team. And I'm like, this is what gives me the most joy watching F1. Because I know Charles can fight with Max. He cannot fight with the the RB19. The RB19 is just out of this world. But he can fight with Max when when the conditions allow for a more level playing field when the Ferrari car is responding well to Charles. Hey, I would just like to say, Charles didn't have a single, I'm not going to say a single penalty, because he did get a penalty, but he didn't have a track limit penalty. Or an impeding or nothing. You know, like he, had, he had an impeding. <laughs> oh, when did he have an impeding? I think it was during sprint quality. Am I wrong? Or? Okay, so I'm, yeah, again, like full transparency, that's like one of the things that I was watching while I was at work. So it was not something that I was fully paying attention to. Charles got a penalty for impeding Oscar. And okay. people were saying it was because he was going to the pit lane. I okay. didn't really see it. So I am not even going to try to form an opinion of it. Okay. But he did get a penalty. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to suck for the weekend. But he still had a really, really good race. Yeah. And it didn't affect the race like it was just for sprint no and just like rounding up that thought like straight up great time to be a ferrari fan right now Mm -hmm. today last week we were consistent we're going into silverstone with um last year it being uh, carlos's first win in Mm -hmm. f1 ever so we're going in with some momentum we'll get to track stats in in a second but um just like I'm happy right now as a ferrari fan and Mm -hmm. i haven't felt that for a few weeks no that's that's fair yeah i was telling my friend yesterday She's like, she was nervous for the race because she was like, I just, because she's a huge Charles fan. And I'm like, yeah. like, same, honestly. But I was like, at this point, I just, I can't even think about what he's going to do or what Ferrari's going to do. Like, I will just look at Lando and Lance because like, those are also my two faves. I will just focus on their race. And then yeah. if, so, if Charles pulls through, then I'm happy, you know, and I, yeah. he did. Do you know I what was, I mean? Well, no, I know what you mean because I was watching with um, my boyfriend this morning and I weren't listening no I was not listening I was watching I said to him I was like this is when um Charles and Carlos were in two and three behind Max and I said I opened my mouth and I was like I'm actually not going to finish that sentence and he was like well what were you about to say I'm like no but if I say it I jinx it and he goes okay like it's formula one like can you just like you're leaving me hanging here like what did you what were you gonna say I'm like we could get a double furry podium here he was like well, you're not going to now. I'm like, nope, you were for sure. Yeah, I, he was right. Mm-hmm. I was right. I shouldn't have said it. I think if Checo had pit under the safety car. Yeah, I do think. Then we could have seen would, a Ferrari yeah. double podium. Yeah. But Red Bull had an incredible strategy and well-deserved. And honestly, 
we've kind of given some crap to Checo the last few races just because we haven't seen the performance that we all kind of expect of him. And I think this weekend he showed his cards. Like he He needed this. He needed it. Oh, a hundred percent he needed could, it. He didn't he still did not make Q3 this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um regardless of whether it was his fault or not, he still did not make Q3. So when Max is winning and he's not making Q3, that looks so bad on him, like we've talked about the past couple weeks, he needed this to make up for not making Q3 this Mm -hmm. weekend. Because now no one's talking about how he didn't make Q3. Yeah. We're talking about how he podiumed. Yes. So that's true. So props to Checo. How do I word this? I think this is just like, this is just across the board. I don't like seeing good drivers fail. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, so sometimes I struggle seeing like when Lewis is not having a good race, yeah. you know, that makes me sad. Like drivers that I know are good and like they just they're not they're not doing good. Just or the car is not doing the, good. You're like, I just know. It just that kinda like yeah. and even if I'm not like a huge, huge fan, I'm just like, this is just it just sucks because yeah. they can do more. Yeah. So props to Red Bull this weekend. Like they deserve that double podium. I just want to point out that Charles again sat in the wrong chair. Sat in the wrong chair. I noticed that. <laughs> and I don't usually like you said yeah. when the race is over I usually turn the TV off sat like, in the wrong I've literally watched this for two hours I'm done with it now yeah. but I was watching it yeah. and he sat in Checo's chair yeah. I don't think Checo gave a shit no because he didn't walk in until much later yeah. Charles honey do we can we read at least he went to the right podium that time yeah. that's so true that's so true yeah he's had some issues with that but you know what he just gives us laughs yeah so here for it. Uh, Lando also gave us laughs, but you yeah. weren't listening to the radio. I know. There yeah. was a part. Not till you told me. At the end, at the very end, because he got driver of the day, totally well-deserved. Also, I, I noticed that the driver of the day votes were very, very split. And Max they were. had like 6% of the mm-hmm. votes. And that grid was full of Max fans. Yeah. Like, you know, not the grid, but the grandstands. Yeah, yeah. But Lando, yeah, Lando got driver of the day. And when he was told that over the radio, he was like, oh, cute. It's because there's so many papaya fans here. Yes, okay. And he makes that joke every year yeah. because it's it's orange for Max. Yeah, and, and just like for, like for the people who don't know what we're talking about, because not everyone can go to the rate Max's home race in Netherlands, a lot of his fans go to other races mm-hmm. near um, Netherlands, and so Austria being one of them, he has a huge turnout there every year. It's like a second home race for Max. Exactly. And it's also like the Red Bull ring. So it is the really Red Bull ring, is. so you yeah. also have Red Bull fans who are big Max fans, It, but it all goes hand, hand in hand. But um, the name for Max fans is the Orange Army, mm-hmm. and if you saw like just grandstands of Orange today on your TV, that's because that's all people were cheering for. Like, it's just Max, and they set off um, colorful smoke bombs in orange. Like, it's just a huge Max show. So if you're like, oh my god, there was a lot of McLaren fans here today. No, that that wasn't the case. But Lando makes that joke every year. I want to throw it back to, like, Vine, because it just reminded me of that one Vine of that girl who's like, look at all those chickens. And it's like ducks or whatever is behind her. Like yeah. that was Lando energy looking at the Max fans. I mean like papaya. Like, and it's the orange army. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Every second of it, I was here for it. No, that's hilarious. <laughs> the orange joke has been done before though. Like a couple of years ago, Lewis showed up to the Zandvoort track, which is in Netherlands mm. in like a full orange outfit, obviously like just on theme for the weekend. And Max was like, or Max's fans were all like orange army. He's part of us. And I'm like, this is when you guys are like in the heat of Max Lewis battle, but yeah, go off. <laughs> I loved it. So during during the Carlos and Checo battle, Carlos said, he's intimidating me. And I don't really know what that meant. And some people are trying to figure out if it's actually what he said. But also there's no penalty or like there's no crime 
crime is too strong of a word. There's nothing. <laughs> this is like, that's hilarious to me because this is like, are you just sharing your thoughts? Like it's, it's is that just like your thoughts and feelings? Like I'm really intimidated right now. <laughs> he is trying to intimidate you. He is literally coming at you with his car full force. It's love Carlos. This is hilarious. I, so it might not have actually been what he said, but I think it's, it's what it is. Cause why I put the note there. Yeah. But okay. he's intimidating me. It's like, great. Then he's doing his job. Right. Right. Maybe Maybe you could intimidate. intimidate back. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to say, like, he's, uh, like, I think what he's trying to say is, like, he's coming at me. Yeah. But I think what it sounded like is, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It just didn't come out. And you know and why? Like, English is not their first language. No, I know. Totally fine. That's hilarious. But it's just how it came out was, someone was like, someone thought it said, he's degrading me. Which I was like, I that cannot care. be true. <laughs> accurate no he for sure did not say that but yeah if carl if carlos did say he's intimidating me i just think that's pretty funny and like we do see it on the track obviously like cars will will go up super close to the back like put their nose like right up against the back of a car to intimidate the driver to get them to push harder on their tires so if maybe carlos was just relaying the message but yeah like hannah said it kind of just came across like i'm scared yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know um yeah, we already mentioned how Max got the fastest lap. And I just, like, yeah. I know we already talked about it, but I just think it's just so funny that he's like, I want to I want to box for fast, fastest lap. And they basically said no. And he, they just let him do it anyway. Like, in that last I mean, lap, Max is the team principal at yeah. Red Bull, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, that would never happen at Ferrari. No. But, oh, my God, but no. But there was that radio message from Javi was like, what do you think about a three pit stop strategy? And Charles was like, no. I did hear that. No. And I immediately was like, Good well, point. I didn't hear it. I saw it on the screen and I immediately was like, immediately, no. 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 We're mm-hmm. not doing this. No. Please do not fuck up our pit stop strategy. Mm-hmm. I was really worried about when they didn't initially pit under the safety car and then they did and then it was like this big thing mm-hmm. and then there were the overcuts and the undercuts. I'm like, you know, Ferraris and pit stops, just like, we don't, we don't go well together. No. No, no, no. They, uh, I don't know if it was a graphic or it was just something that they shared at the end of the race, but Lando finishing in the top five five out of the last six times he's raced here mm-hmm. he loves this track and it like is. he that driver of the day i don't think that he had like his best race ever like he's finished higher up before yeah. but he it was so well deserved his driver of the day and like this is a track for him and this just got me thinking just because it was a red bull ring and just because we love this track, like i love this track lando loves this track i'm like what if lando was in a red bull i mean what if i know we can ask that question like, like all the time like can, what if yeah I, he, he's such a good driver. I would, I'm going to say this. I would love a Max Lando duo mm-hmm. because they are best friends. Yeah. Like, they are. Yeah. They're such good friends. I think Lando. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. Before I forget, Fernando says something about wanting to do 24 hours of the lawn with Max. Interesting. Could you, could you imagine that? I mean, they'd win it. They, of course they'd win it. But like, and then they would have to go for the Indy 500. Like yeah. they would have to. Wow. Anyway, could you imagine, okay. like, in the future, like, years no, like, from I now? Hope. I absolutely hope. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll go back to the race. Sorry, I yeah. just have to get that out yeah. there before I forgot. There was a, a second, the second podium for Charles, and I thought we had more. <sighs> yeah, no. Isn't it weird that we haven't? We are... I remember saying the last time that it was his first time, so, no. Sadly, but maybe hopefully more. But it's forward. his best finish. Yes, it is. Because his last podium was a third. Yeah. Um, Even though he stood on the second place podium. Right. Yeah, no. So, uh, manifested it. He manifested it. We're getting better, so maybe we will get a P1. Maybe he should just stand on the P1 next time. He wouldn't actually. No, that's actually hilarious because he did manifest this. He manifested the P2 by standing on the P2 spot last time. So, you so. just jump on it. Yeah. Just for a second. 
Yeah. Be like, oh, my bad. Oh, so sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that sounded so Canadian. <laughs> I said sorry. Did you hear that? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's who we are. Um, yeah, the last thing we have on our notes here is without a max DNF, a P2 for Charles is probably the best thing, you know, is the best thing that we as Ferrari fans can hope for. No, literally. Because at this point, no one can challenge Max. So just seeing Charles actually, I don't know, he didn't really defend Checo. Checo was mostly having his own battle with Carlos. But the fact that he had that P2, kept it, it like, we can't ask for anything else at this point. And it was just, it was a good moment. Yeah. And this is spoken from Ferrari fans who, as much as we joke about it, we do have complete faith in Charles. And we did see last year at the beginning of the year, him and Max can race each other. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with Max specifically. It just has to do with the RB19. It's unreal. And Max, he is unreal. Yes. Max yes. is incredible. And like, I think we just need to give credit to Red Bull in general because yeah. incredible strategy, incredible team. Like they're on top of their game. Whereas we do know, we've talked about it, a disconnect within Ferrari. Yeah. And so everything is working out in Max's favor, plus his incredible talent. And Charles just has his incredible talent and everything else is working against him. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that it's just the RB19. It yeah. totally is Max too. But when Max and Charles both have really great cars, it's... It's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's great. And right now it's like Charles has a great car and Max has a phenomenal car. Mm-hmm. So we're just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is... I, I don't not want to say it's the best we can ask for, but it is... Right now... We'll take it. We are very happy. We're very it. happy. Yes. Yes. So that is the Austrian Grand Prix. And now we're on our way to Silverstone because that's coming up. And Silverstone, it's probably one of my favorite tracks after Monza. It's fun. I love it. It's also a home race for a lot of the drivers. I'm excited for it. I mean, Silverstone is is the pinnacle of like F1 history. Like Monaco is right up there, but Silverstone's actually older. Silverstone did debut in F1 in 1950, but it has been used for motor races since 1947, making it the oldest track. And I did say that when we did my, when I did my Monaco breakdown because I thought Monaco was, but it, it actually isn't. Silverstone is. It is a longer track because yes. it's only 52 laps. Um, now it is a really fast track, but it is longer, meaning that the fastest lap time on this track held by Lewis is a 127. 127? That's almost a minute and a half. That's crazy. And put it into perspective, we saw Max doing like 104s this yes. weekend. Yeah. So that's an extra like 23 seconds. Yeah. No, it's uh, actually crazy. It's just a very long, it I, is very fast, yeah. but it's very long. It has some really historical turns. And actually I have a note here because I was doing some research earlier. And I thought this was crazy. In 1947, it wasn't used for F1. It was used for a different type of motor race. There was no name as to what the series was. But unfortunately, a sheep passed away during the race. A, sh- a car a hit sheep. a sheep? Did a car I, hit? I think a car hit a sheep. They didn't. <sighs> they did not get into the gory details. They just said a sheep perished. Uh, okay. Yeah, so that's so sad. Interesting. Um, why there was a sheep anywhere near where there's a car race happening? Maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, the track is, like, not located in... Right, but like a city. Gophers, like in Canada, just like pop out of the ground. Sheep have to like be herded. 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 No, I think I think herded. Have to be herd. Herd? Okay. We don't we're not sheep herders, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Um so last year, like I alluded to earlier, it's where Carlos got his first win in F one, which was huge. Um he finished on pole. And then he won the race. So that was awesome I for him. I forgot he got pole. Yeah. He it's got pole. And then Checo and Lewis. And then Charles was fourth, I believe. What happened to Max? Max was having a tough weekend last year. The reason that he finished seventh in the race itself was because he had floor damage. Oh. Yeah. I remember this now. Yeah. So it was not Max's weekend last year. That being said, Lewis has won it eight times. 
Well, I mean, it's his home track. It's yeah, his home race. It is his home race. It's home, but he he won it seven times with Mercedes and one times with McLaren Mercedes. Mm. So Lewis, keep an eye out for him next weekend. He's I a don't fiend at this track. He's think, awesome. Yeah, but I don't think the car, like the Mercedes, is going to be because I don't think they're bringing upgrades well, or like we'll major see. upgrades. Yeah, I just I feel like the momentum of it being your home race yeah, that's might right. just give him that little extra push. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's a for both of them it's george's home race too so like as a team i think sorry i'm gonna interrupt you real fast this is speculation i think that they will announce lewis's contract this weekend that's actually no that's actually such a great idea because i think that he's got his home team behind Mm -hmm. his home race behind him his home crowd behind him holy it's yeah um yeah i think when else yeah however this track hasn't been the easiest for Max in the past. Um, I, we've talked about it with floor damage, but also in 2021, during the height of his battle with Lewis for his, what would it eventually have been his first Drivers World Championship? It was a really tough crash to watch. It, it essentially was just a battle into the corner and, you know, you can call it a racing incident or you can say that, that Lewis was at fault. I'm not going to um, be the person to take a side on that. And... Max's car unfortunately hit the tire barriers. Um, I believe it was at a 51G, which is really, really intense, like G-force. Yeah. And the only reason that I remember that specifically is because after the race, Kelly, Max's longtime girlfriend, went into the media and um, was talking about how disgraceful it was that Lewis would, you know, celebrate his victory as he did, like with his flag and mm-hmm. how happy he seemed to have won that race knowing that Max had to be sent for medical attention because of the intensity of the crash. So now that's also not the extent of Silverstone issues in recent years. Last year was probably the worst crash that I have ever watched on live on a Formula One race, which um, terrifying was Joe ending up pretty much in the fence. Yeah. Um, and it was an unfortunate collision. Uh, it was him. It was George. It was Albin and... Joe got the worst, ended up, his car flipped, the tire barrier hit the fence. um, Got stuck between the barrier and the fence. fence. It was really just like a terrible, terrible, terrible crash. In the meantime, George, who wasn't as involved in the crash itself, stopped his car, jumped out of it, and went to go see if Joe was okay. And because, and this was was very early on in the race, I believe like lap one or lap two. And because George stopped his car and got out, even though there was nothing wrong with his car or with him, he was not allowed to continue racing, which heartbreaking, it's his home race, um, because you you can't stop your car and get out of it on the track. If you stop your car, it's a, it's a DNF. Yeah. So uh, George has a DNF. And I think that he was, he was really upset at the time. You know, he, there was nothing wrong with his car. He definitely could have finished that race. But George getting out of his car was way worth not racing, not racing because of the... I mean, put your... The sentiment that he's he's putting out there as, yeah. like, someone who cares so much. It's bigger than racing. He's getting out of his car, hopping out of his car, canceling his own race because he needs to go see if this driver's yeah. okay. And, yeah, it sucks that he couldn't finish his race, but that was... It, sh- it was just bigger than racing at that point. And I think, yeah, yeah it was the right decision from George being yeah. so close to the crash. Um, well, Toto praised him for it afterwards. Yeah. Like, obviously, it sucked for Mercedes because it was George's first race with Mercedes at home. And not ideal, but, like, I think at any point, like, a driver can see... If a driver sees that happen, or they're Mm going to put themselves in those shoes and be like, if that happened to me and no one stopped to make sure I was okay, like, 
you know, it would it would be devastating. Combine it with the fact that Joe was a rookie, yeah. and Joe, he didn't he walked away from it. Yeah. Like so he, I was. That's my next point. Is Joe actually was seen for medical attention at the track, but didn't need any other medical attention while. Alex actually had to be taken to the hospital to be mm-hmm. further checked out. And I don't remember specifically what happened to Alex's car just because all I can see in my head when I picture this crash is Joe's car just going over the barriers into the fence. Um, but regardless, he wasn't the only driver injured and he actually wasn't even the one injured the, the worst, which is, you know, praise whoever you do because that yeah. crash could have been absolutely fatal, could have been terrible for well, everyone. Also the halo. We've the seen halo, the yeah. halo. Honestly, save lives at like points in Formula One since it was installed in yeah, the car. Yeah. And so I without the halo, I it could have been so much worse. So now that we're on the topic of crashes and fatalities, potential fatalities in um, motorsports, there we do have to address um, an issue that happened this weekend in the Formula Regional Championship, um, where unfortunately, so 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 unfortunately, 18-year-old driver Delano Van Hoff. And I hope I'm saying that properly. He passed away um, at a race and spa. Um, and we did want to bring this up in our podcast. We did not want to um, have it be at the very beginning of the podcast and then transition out of it into like happy news of, you know, Ferrari mm. victories and whatnot. So we we really wanted to just acknowledge that we're giving this, this terrible tragedy the space that it needs to be acknowledged seeing that we'll end the podcast right after this we hope that everyone can kind of think about this and maybe have a moment of silence Mm -hmm. and just take what they need and take the space to you know grieve and recognize that while we do love motorsports so much and it is so entertaining really really unfortunate tragedies like this are they do happen we do want to hold space for this it's so easy to like watch on a screen like your favorite drivers go around a track every weekend, but we need to remember that this is probably one of the most dangerous sports that mm-hmm. these guys and girls signed up for. And what happened, we're not going to get into the details of it. We don't need to, but we need to acknowledge that these drivers are not there for our entertainment value. And it's it's painful. And unfortunately, it was at a track where we've seen incidents and fatalities happened before and we know that something like this could have been avoided it's a track that drivers have shared their concerns about it happened at spa and you know it's it sucks that we even have to say it but this this track needs to be looked at and it should have been looked at years and years ago and like i don't you know it's specifically the corner au rouge um which unfortunately is where antoine hubert also passed away and it's the the drivers have talked about it they're they're talking about it right now in the media after Mm -hmm. this tragedy um, of it being a blind corner mixed with, and this is the issue, is the the rain. The conditions and of it, And Spa yeah. is really susceptible to really terrible rains. Um, in 2021, the F1 race was actually just finished under two laps under a safety car because it was not deemed suitable enough to drive. Um, it's not even necessarily the track itself. It's the spray and the visibility that drivers, you cannot see yeah. a thing. And the fact that this weekend... They let these young drivers... Like, it was essentially the Formula Regional Championship is very similar to F3. So it's it's younger drivers. It's not as experienced drivers. And the fact that they still let these drivers race in these horrible conditions, but some of the best drivers in the world a few years ago, they were like, no, 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 you shouldn't race. Like, yeah. it just really goes to question who is making these decisions yeah. and why, yeah. you know? And so it's, it 
like honestly like when i saw the news and i i think i can speak on behalf of hannah too like we really were at a loss for words because this shouldn't happen you know it's a dangerous sport but there are so many safety procedures that it really just was avoidable and unfortunately we just lost the life of a like an incredible up-and-coming driver who he was 18 and he was a kid like you know i'm like it's i'm getting like emotional like it's like it's it's so sad it's very very sad because you don't know and they talked about this also with Antoine when he passed. Mm-hmm. You don't know where these drivers are eventually going to end up one day. So for them to have all of their dreams cut so short mm-hmm. over something that, like M said, like it, it, we're not saying it 100% can be avoided because motorsports is a dangerous sport. But if it's due to weather conditions or a track with a blind corner, that can be avoided. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we just want to, you know, urge people to, you know, not be quiet about this. Mm-hmm. And drivers are not being quiet. And for there to be changes at Spa, and F1 hasn't raced at Spa this year yet. It's actually in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for for this track to be looked at, that corner to be looked at, or for rain races in general to be looked at, because we've also had this issue in other tracks, um, you know, the F1 community can't be quiet. And I think that we are safe to end our podcast there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that everyone, you know, takes a a minute and, you know, thinks about Delano and his family and his loved ones and the rest of the racing community. Uh, Lando had an awesome tribute to him on his helmet this week, but I'm sure that there's more to come. Lance had one. Lance had a tribute. Lance made sure to bring it up in like every single interview that he had. Like these F1 drivers, they might not have known him like personally, but he, it it impacted everyone. It hit so close to home when Mm -hmm. that's them too, when Mm -hmm. they were in younger, in um, the lower formula series. Yeah. So, you know, that's, there was a couple of drivers that this week said, you know, it's not about racing this weekend. It's about the, the unfortunate loss of this life. Mm-hmm. And we hope that that's what you take away from this podcast this week. And, you know, less, yes, we talk about the race, but we are completely acknowledging that there is more this weekend than you just know. driver entertainment. Yeah, that's it. So thank you for listening. Take a moment, hug your loved ones, but we will see you next week.